Welcome back to Faith FM. You're listening to Lyle and Mon on The Breakfast Show and it is time for our encounter with God. Before we do that, a couple of things, Lyle. Mm-hmm. First of all, yeah. another clue for the quiz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's easy, 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 easy. Major Bible I? character. One of the most Bible, Biggest, major Bible characters out yes. there. Okay, the fourth clue is I chose to be mistreated along with the people <coughs> of God rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a short time. And, of course, you'll find that in Hebrews chapter 11 where that is mentioned. So, yes, this is such know, a major Bible character. He's one of the most major Bible characters of the Old Testament. He is um, honoured by Jews, by Muslims, by Christians. Um, yeah. He's, yeah, he's very famous. He's a good guy, very humble and meek. Hmm. For the most part. For the most part. A couple of little <coughs> explosions here and there, but yeah. <laughs> nothing too big. Yeah. <laughs> I'm to find big. Yeah, I guess. one eight hundred three two four eight four three is our number. If you know the answer, give us a call or give us a text on 0491-064-669. And they should be saving that number because... It's going to be another few days and I'll have finished this scarf. Oh, we should live stream that maybe in the next segment here. We'll, we'll, we'll put this up. Um, we'll yes. do a, a, a live Instagram feed so that we can see this scarf coming together. This is just amazing. Isn't Mine's it? been working on this scarf for like, what, a this two, is a second two hours? Program. Yeah. It's, yeah. Been, it's been pulled apart and started over again. Uh-huh. And um, you were doing one on the plane to Melbourne. Yeah. <coughs> And it, you spent more time on that than on this. And by the time that you'd spent more time on that one, it was about Not one eightieth the size of this one. Yeah. That's the beauty of having chunky yarn. So this is quite a uh, thick yarn and uh, <coughs> it goes a lot quicker, chunky yarn. And then the one I was making on the plane down to Melbourne was a very fine yarn. I'm pretty good with yarn, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I can tell a good yarn. <laughs> <laughs> Not as good as Dr. <laughs> Hammond. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, you go. But yes, I am make I've been challenged by Lyle to make a woolen winter scarf on air, crocheting it live on air and uh by the time Ask I me your finish, phone, I'm gonna get this I'm gonna get this live up on Instagram. By the time we finish I finish this scarf, we will be giving it away <coughs> for one lucky viewer. And uh well listener I should say not viewer. And uh yeah, you can uh, get this oh, they scarf. They can be a viewer, they can be a viewer. Yeah, they can be I mean if they're watching the Insta story, they can definitely be a viewer. And uh, you can be the, the person who takes this scarf home. We'll send it to you. You can take it home and wear it for the rest of winter and, you know, many winters to come. We'll even put a little tag on it saying it was like handmade just for you by the Faith FM crew. There you go. Yeah. All right. So, according to Instagram, we are now live. So, flick yes. over there to our... Check uh, out the beautiful blue colours of this scarf. It's many blues <coughs> all woven in together, a bit like Joseph's multicoloured coat, but this is multicolour blues. Send us some love, tell us where you're from, all that kind of stuff. If you like the colour of the yarn, if you think I picked a nice wool, yeah, tell (coughs) us everything. Or if you think it's terrible and wants to make make you vomit, then just um, (laughs) send vomit and emojis and we'll get the the idea. Yeah, we'll just block you. No, No, I'll get Mon to start over again, but I actually really like this colour blue. I'd wear that blue. Yes, yeah. I would definitely wear that. Okay, so with our encounter with God, we are up to the book of Acts. Well, we are in the book of Acts. We are up to, what it was about, chapter 8, chapter 9, something like that. Where did we get up to? Yeah, I think... well, no, chapter. <coughs> do we finish chapter seven? Well, yes, we finished chapter seven. Okay, we got to, We got. To, we have to figure out where we are, what we are studying. I think we're talking about um, Saul, <coughs> nine. who becomes Paul. Yeah, 
Saul Paul. So we kind of skipped over um, the whole Philip and the eunuch story, which is a great story. We'll get back, we might go back to that later in the week if we get a chance. Mm-hmm. But we are starting in chapter 9. Would you like to read for us the first two verses, please, Mon? Sure. Meanwhile, Saul <coughs> was uttering threats with every breath and was eager to kill the Lord's followers. So he went to the high priest. He requested letters addressed to the synagogues in Damascus asking for their cooperation in the arrest of any followers of the way he found there. He wanted to bring them, both men and women, back to Jerusalem in chains. Okay, so Paul, Saul, I should say, um, is a rather threatening personality here, yeah, wouldn't you he say? Is. Yeah, he's a man with a plan and it's not a good plan. We need to have a little bit of background on who Saul was and, of course, he became Paul. He was from Tarshish, mm-hmm. which means that he was a Hellenistic Jew. Okay. So he was a Greek-cultured Jew, not a Jewish cultured Jew, mm-hmm. and typically the Greek cultured Jews tend to lean tended to lean more towards the Sadducees. Okay, yep. However, with Paul or Saul, it was a bit different. There goes the uh, phone falling over. Sorry to our people watching on the on the live stream here. You're okay. We're up and we're up and running again. <laughs> um, <coughs> so with the, your, your Greek uh, speaking Greek cultured Jews, they tended to lean more towards Sadducees and Pharisees, but Paul, in contrast, he comes to Jerusalem to study. So if he's studying in Jerusalem, then, of course, he's going to be studying in the Hebrew language. He studies under Gamaliel, who was the most influential of all of the Pharisees. Mm -hmm. And so these are what you would call your Orthodox Jews today. And Saul was, or Paul, is someone who we might even refer to as ultra-Orthodox. Okay. So if you go to Jerusalem today, you'll find some people who are ultra-Orthodox, um, and they would be your equivalent of your modern-day Pharisees. And then you find a lot of Jewish people who are quite secular. Um, and those that are still religious while being quite secular, you would probably describe as your modern-day Sadducees. So that, mm-hmm. you, you know, all churches have your, have lefts and rights and so forth, and, uh, and the Jewish religion is no different. <coughs> so he travels down there. He studies un- under Gamaliel. Just a quick question. Gamaliel was the guy who, like, w- when they had that whole, you know, what should we do with these people, was he the one who was like, it'll peter out if it's not from God? Was that him? That was him. Okay, yeah. That yeah. was him. And, and you kind of wonder why... As his student, Saul, spun into this vortex of ultra-orthodoxy. Yeah, because he's definitely not letting it peter out by itself. No, no, he's just... Stamping it out. He has become violent. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And uh, he is dragging people into prison. People are dying. People are being executed. And, of course, we read last week how this persecution really just did nothing other than fan the flames of the gospel. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So the gospel was healthy and bright and happy and burning right there in Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. The problem was that they weren't really getting outside of Jerusalem. And so God comes along and is like, okay, I told you guys guys to take this to the whole world. Well, um, if you're not going to do that, here's what I'm going to do. Kick it a shove. I'm going to, um, you know, it's a little bit like uh, the eagle and the eaglets. Mm-hmm. Yes. When they you know, when a, when an eagle builds a nest, it lines its nest with feathers, and it's beautiful and comfortable, and really nice place to be. And the baby eagles love to be in there. And when they grow up, the mother eagles like, okay, time to get out of the nest. And they're like, no, 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 we really like it here. We'll stay here the rest of our lives. And like, no, no, time to go. And so then she pulls all the feathers out, and it's just like they're sitting on sticks. Yeah, <laughs> it's no longer comfy. Yeah. And it was no longer comfy. This is what God is doing. It is no longer comfy for the. Um, 
for the for the Christians who are living in Jerusalem. Pardon my cough. <laughs> my producer is laughing at my cough. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. You guys have been laughing at me too much today. You've been making some real corkers this morning. <laughs> it's been it? very entertaining. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, dear. Anyway, <clears throat> moving on from there. Um, yeah, so he recognizes, okay, we've, we've actually created a bit of a problem here. We've spread the gospel all over the place. So the only solution now is to go and stamp it out before it spreads any further. And so we need to actually now go to where the gospel has spread to. And, of course, the gospel at this particular time had taken root and was sprouting and growing in Damascus, which was a major center. This mm-hmm. was a major Syrian city. Mm-hmm. Still is a major Syrian city. And so uh, he decides to get letters from the high priest to go up there and to stamp it out, to completely destroy it in that particular city. He's, he's, he's well thought out, his hatred here. He's, he's, you know, he's, I, wouldn't, I don't want to know the word is conniving, but to be, you know, like, all right, I'm going to get some letters. <coughs> he's I'm a strategist. Do, yeah, exactly. He's a, he's strategist. a strategist. Yeah, yeah. I like how it puts in the old English. And Saul yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord went under the high priest. It's so strange. I don't know. Why would you have so much burning hatred for it? Yeah. Yeah. It's just. Incredible. I mean, the high priest is the opposite side of the politics to um, yeah. Saul anyway. You know, mm-hmm. he's a Sadducee. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and Paul's like your ultra Orthodox Pharisee. And they are working, they have, they have united their efforts against Christianity here. And it's interesting how, you know, a common cause can bring people together. It's true. And sometimes for the wrong reason, you it's know. It's true. They, uh, they have a common cause to destroy Christianity. And so the, suddenly the Pharisees and the Sadducees have found something that they can unite on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, so we're going to talk a little bit about these letters that he receives. Um, these are based on the um, religion of Judah being based in Jerusalem, supported by a network of synagogues. So we're back in a moment. We're going to talk about this network of synagogues and how it all worked. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Okay, so you've got this network of synagogues and the uh, you've got these people that are, um, you know, obviously part of their local synagogue. And the way it worked was that you would have official communications that would come from Jerusalem. The Jewish religion, of course, was based in Jerusalem with the temple. And they would send out from Jerusalem, the, 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 the spiritual leaders there, the high priest and the other priests and so forth, would send out all of this information uh, from, the, um, from the headquarters, so to speak, um, instructing and giving direction and all of these, uh, these kinds of um, things to, um, you know, to the surrounding synagogue so that everybody was all on the same page. And you know, it's similar to what churches do today. And these would go, um, they would be sent out by letters and carried by a shalia. Mm-hmm. A shalia. Yeah, a shalia. Okay. Which is a Hebrew word from shala, which means to send. Okay. So this is an official agent appointed by the Sanhedrin to perform uh, religious functions mm-hmm. on behalf of the headquarters of the religion in Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. So when we find Saul or Paul, Going to the high priest and asking for letters, he's asking to become a shalia, okay, an official agent to do the work of the religion 
in other parts of the world. Gotcha, okay. And there's every possibility here that when it says letters plural, he's got one for Damascus and then he's got a bunch of other letters for wherever else he ends up, wherever else Christianity goes because he knows when he gets to Damascus, there's going to be a massive exodus of Christians out of Damascus and he's going to actually have to chase them down one by one until he's got every single one of them right down to the last one. That's the only way you can actually stamp out this religion. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (coughs) Okay, do you know what the Greek word... A Greek equivalent to Shalia is? Is it posty? Yeah. Very close. Oh, it is? Very quite close. It's not a posty, it's an apostolos. Aye. Apostolos. Okay, okay. Okay, so yeah, we have post today, mm-hmm. which comes from the same concept of apostle, because post is in the middle of apostle. Yep, true. Yep. And so it's actually an apostle. Okay. So. An apostle is somebody who has been sent. Gotcha. A postie is somebody who carries letters that have been sent. Uh Uh-huh. Okay, uh get the connection here? Yes, yep, yep. So when Paul or Saul goes from Jerusalem to Damascus, Mm -hmm. he is going as an apostle of the Sanhedrin. Gotcha. An apostle of death. Yeah, because apostle just means you're being sent, right? It doesn't right. necessarily denote who, because we always seem to think, oh, apostle, you must be a good guy. But it doesn't necessarily mean you're apostle of God. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So he is being sent as an apostle of the Sanhedrin, an apostle of death, um, to bring death, destruction, mayhem to the Christians that are based in Damascus. And he turns up as something quite different, doesn't he? He turns up in Damascus as an apostle. Uh Still an apostle. Still an apostle. He hasn't changed. He is still an apostle, but he turns up as an apostle of Jesus Christ. That's right. Okay, so who would be an equivalent in our world of uh, maybe Saul? Uh, You? I don't know. No, not me. Um, I was kind of thinking of, uh, you know, let's say that... Um, like, are you thinking about like an ambassador or something like that? No, somebody who had a major... <coughs> or who could, who, could, who could be an equivalent of the Apostle Paul, potentially? Potent- like a religious equivalent or just yeah. someone who's sent- I was thinking of Dawkins. Dawkins? Yeah. Richard Dawkins? Dawkins? Yeah, he could be an equivalent of Paul. Because, okay, think about it from this perspective, right? I suppose. He is the most... Um, Public avowed enemy of religion right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What was that sound? That was me drinking. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> my herbal tea. Your herbal tea. What kind of herbal tea is that? It's uh, celery. Really? Yes, it's really delicious. Homemade or no, nah, no, nah, from a box. It looks like it's full of lumpy pieces. Yeah, I added floaties. <laughs> celery tea with floaties. No, interesting. Anyway, anyway. <coughs> so Richard. So, so let's let's say Richard Dawkins gave his life to Jesus Christ. That would be amazing. It would, wouldn't it? Yes. We need to pray for that guy. We do. Because... Hey, if it was possible for Paul, it must be possible for Dawkins. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <coughs> and, you know, it, I think Paul is the most influential character in the New Testament outside of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, particularly the most influential character as far as the formation of the Christian church. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the... Probably the biggest reason is because he was such a vehement opposer yeah. of Christianity and Jesus Christ, that when he had an experience of Jesus Christ on the Damascus Road, it was so life-transforming for him 
um, you know, there was such a, a massive cause that the effect that it created was just, you know, just as big. It was, you get this massive turnaround. You don't have that level of turnaround with, you know, say Peter. Peter has a big turnaround. Yeah. But not at the same level. Yeah. And you can imagine that if Richard Dawkins did denounce his evolutionary ways and started following Jesus, that would be massive headlining news. And imagine the effect that that would have on all of his atheist groupies. Mm-hmm. You know, his they followers. would be they would be infuriated. Yeah. Some of them would give their lives to Jesus Christ definitely. Yeah. Others would just be infuriated and this is this is exactly what's about to take place as uh, you know, the ancient Dawkins gives his life to Jesus Christ. Yeah, absolutely. <coughs> um, you, you, but yeah, that was that was the name that came to my mind. I, I don't know. You got anyone else out there that you? Can no, I was just thinking of you're someone who's sent from God, and I feel like we we all have a mission from God. You know, Lord. Maybe I didn't ask my question well enough. Yeah, we all have a purpose. The Lord has something for us to do, so we can all be apostles. Mm-hmm. Um, we can all be sent from God. Um, and uh, I just thought you meant, you know, who's working for God? I'm like, aren't we all? <laughs> you? I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm not Paul. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Hey, so Mon, let's, let me ask this question then. Mm. <coughs> Saul, who becomes Paul, mm-hmm. has this massive, massive turnaround experience in his life, mm-hmm. um, in which he goes from teaching one thing vehemently mm-hmm. to teaching the complete opposite mm-hmm. vehemently. Very vehemently. That would be that would be humbling. No, oh, extremely humbling, and it was, I guess, a point of personal contention for him for the rest of his life. Mm. And uh, he was very, he was very humbled by it. And um, you know, he had he had a deep sense of his own unworthiness. If you know, look, looking back at what he had done, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, and what he was trying to achieve now. So mm. yeah. <coughs> have you ever have you ever had that kind of a, a similar experience, Bon, where you've taught something vehemently and then you've made uh, a change of direction and taught the complete opposite. Yeah, and you have to admit that you're wrong and then you have to, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Got that humble pie happening, yeah. You want to share? I have a really great humble pie recipe because I eat that stuff all <laughs> the time. <laughs> <laughs> I've had that experience where, you know, you've been teaching something from the Bible and you teach it with great confidence and then suddenly somebody walks up and they go, <clears throat> um, actually, do you, that's not quite correct. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's like, oh, no. That's, um, yeah. Uh-huh. It sounded good. It sounded good at the time. It sounded logic. Sounded, sounded great. Uh-huh. Um, but, uh, yeah, a little bit um, a little bit embarrassing when something like that happens. But, uh, yeah, continuing on with uh, what we've got here. Um, let's go over to Acts chapter 26. I know that's the other end of the book of Acts. But we're going to look at, because Paul tells his testimony on... You know, a number of occasions. I think there's three times that he tells, you know, basically his full testimony. And so very, very clearly his testimony becomes a, a an integral part. And you can imagine if Dawkins gave his life to God, mm. his testimony would be powerful. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it would be told again and again and again oh, and again and again. It would just be one of the most remarkable <clears throat> ones. And so throughout his life we find that he's telling his testimony. Would you like to read for us uh, chapter 9? Chapter 9 or chapter 26? No, chapter 26. Chapter 26. Verse 9. Verse 9. To 11. 
I used to believe that I ought to do everything I could to oppose the very name of Jesus the Nazarene. Indeed, I did just that in Jerusalem. Authorized by the leading priests, I caused many believers there to be sent to prison, and I cast my vote against them when they were condemned to death. Many times I had them punished in the synagogues to get them to curse Jesus. I was so violently opposed to them that I even chased them down in foreign cities. Yes, yeah, so it's pretty full on, isn't it? Yeah. Now, Paul says elsewhere that, uh, and we need to understand why it was that you know he was so vehement and what some of the great stumbling blocks were for um, for him to, 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 to give his life to God. And we're going to come back in a moment. We're going to look at some of those reasons that would have really, you know, particularly for a Pharisee who takes the Bible very, very seriously, to, um, to have really turned him against you know, the service of God. But before we do that, this is Grego Pillay with Washed by His Blood.
That was Grego Pele with Washed by His Blood. And if you'd like to hear Grego Pele live, then head to the Toronto Seventh Day Adventist Church on a Saturday morning. And you will find him there pastoring that church. So there's a bit of a shout out to Grego Pele this morning and uh, the Toronto Adventist Church. Love a good singing pastor. <coughs> Absolutely. We've got quite a number of them around the conference and uh, in North New South Wales and in many other parts of mm. Australia as well. So we had some great music down at uh, the birthday party, didn't oh, we? Oh, didn't we just? It was a wonderful birthday just party. Just amazing. Yeah. We had uh, Gavin Chatalia down there. Mm-hmm. And of course, these these days he's working with um, with Faith FM, and it's great to have uh, yeah such a famous musician who's um, yeah working with us on Faith FM. The Indian Elvis. That's it, the Indian Elvis. Mm-hmm. Um, <coughs> so yeah, well known, well known name right around Australia, and uh, was um, yeah good to catch up with um, some celebrities. Yeah, <laughs> rub some shoulders. <coughs> rub some shoulders. Okay, so we were talking about some of the reasons why it would have been so hard. For Saul, Paul, to accept Jesus Christ. What some of the major stumbling blocks were. And of course, there are some ones that we often talk about. For instance, they were not looking for a dying um, Messiah. That's right. They mm-hmm. were not looking for a sacrificial lamb. They were looking for a Messiah who would come as an emperor of a Jewish empire that would replace the Roman Empire and rule the world mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for the next... Eternity. And, of course, the disciples were looking for that and um, the Pharisees were looking for that. And so when you've got the situation here of Jesus coming along and saying, yes, you know, I'm the Messiah, and the Pharisees look at him like, no, you're not. Yeah. You're, you're a bogan from out in the bush. What do you mean you're the Messiah? You're from Nazareth. They're looking more like for an Attila kind of a guy. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah. They, 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 want, a, they want a great military hero. Mm-hmm. And they're simply not finding one here. <coughs> But there was more to it than that because after they're put into death, if we go turn our Bibles, let me show you something interesting, Imon. Mm-hmm. Head over to uh, Deuteronomy chapter 21. Deuteronomy, it's all the way back at the beginning of the Bible. And while I'm inserting there, I should say that um, the last section we had um, live streamed on our Instagram. So Faith FM Live is our Instagram name. You can head over to Faith FM Live now and you can see the scarf coming together mm-hmm. live on air. And, uh, yeah, head over there, have a squiz. Um, it'll give you an idea of the prize that's going to be available in just a couple of days. Okay, <coughs> Deuteronomy chapter 1 and no, verse... No, Not chapter 1? 21. 21, my bad. 21 and what verse? 23. 21 and 23. Yes. Okay, Deuteronomy. My pages are sticking together because it's Monday and that's what they do. 21, 23. Mm. I wonder who the author of this book was. Maybe we shouldn't say it. The body must not remain hanging from the tree overnight. You must bury the body that same day for anyone who is hung is cursed in the sight of God. In this way, you will prevent the defilement of the land the Lord your God is giving you as your special possession. Okay, so this is interesting because you know the Bible talks about it not being hung on the tree overnight, but it says anyone who is hung on a tree is what? Cursed. In the sight cursed of God. Of God. Yeah. I didn't know that. So when Saul looks at Jesus, Jesus hanging on oh. a cross, which is a tree, right? Mm-hmm. That means that he is under the curse of God. How can the Messiah be under the curse of God? That's right. Yeah. So there's a bit of a stumbling block, isn't yeah, there? I get it. I get it. Yeah. There's a major barrier for Jews. They're like, this can't possibly be the Messiah. But this was the whole point mm-hmm. that he was under the curse of God was the whole point, isn't that so? 
Yeah, that's right. Because the curse of God comes on those, um, obviously, who sin. Sin brings the curse of God upon us. And it's not the hatred of God. It's not the dislike of God. It's the simple fact that God will not preserve sin eternally. And so if we choose to sin, and Mon, that looks just truly gross. What have you put in your cup of tea? It's just herbs, dude. Just it's herbs. just like full of yellow floaties. And <laughs> it looks like my bathtub. <laughs> yes, Mon had a bit of a <coughs> sorry bathtub experience down in Melbourne where the, the plumbing ran, was ran herself a hot yeah. bath and the plumbing was full of mud. And that's what my tea looks like this morning. And yep. anyway. Mon's sitting here drinking mud and it's just like distracting <laughs> me. Okay. <coughs> we were talking about, yeah, yeah. But, but Jesus... Yeah, the wages of sin is death. That's mm-hmm. the curse of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because God will not preserve sin eternally. Mm-hmm. Jesus came and paid the penalty for sin. Mm-hmm. In doing so, Jesus had to experience the curse of God. He had to come under the curse of God. He died the second death. He died the sinner's death. Yeah, he di- yeah exactly. He died as if a, like a sinner would have died. That's exactly, yeah, and that's, that's the whole point right here. Instead of God killing you as a sinner, God kills Jesus on your behalf. Thus him paying the price. Thus him paying the price. And so um, and so this is why, you know, it was so symbolic that when Jesus was crucified, well, he was crucified, which was a form of hanging on a tree coming under the curse of God. It's it's strange to me that that Paul sees it as you know he's being cursed of God, but doesn't understand that it's Jesus paying the price for him. It's like he's almost there, but he's not quite there with his understanding of it. Yeah, it's strange to us because mm-hmm. we understand the gospel so well. And as soon as we see, yes, Jesus came under the curse of God when he was hung on a tree, it's like, yeah, okay, that makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. You know, because um, he was pay- he was he was he was cursed of God instead of in place of us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He suffered that curse in place of us. Whereas Paul just sees it as he's rejected of God, and that's the end of the story. And yeah, yeah. how could he possibly have been the Messiah in that case? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and. Uh, <coughs> And, of course, the father had to cut himself off from the son at the cross. Mm-hmm. You know, he had to forsake his son. Mm-hmm. He was right there. He was right beside him, but he couldn't make himself um, known. He couldn't, he couldn't make his presence known because sin separates us from God. And when our sins were placed on Jesus Christ, he was separated from the father. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he felt that separation. He felt that rejection. Um, of God, he felt that you know that that it you know, and he could not see how he could ever come through that, through that, but of course because he had never sinned, he could. Absolutely. And so the the very concept of Jesus being hung on a tree, which is such a stumbling block to Jewish people, is actually you know it's the essence of the gospel right there. This is the gospel story being illustrated for us. Is that something that that they still take beef with? You know, I've never asked this particular question of a Jewish person, mm-hmm. and you know, Jews are Jews are very. Um, <coughs> I find that they tend to be very polite towards Christians because, well, I guess if you're in Israel, so much a large part of the um, economy runs off Christian tourism. Yeah. And so they're never going to say anything vehemently anti-Christians, mm-hmm. and also because Christians in you know since the Second World War have been such allies mm-hmm. of the state of Israel. Yeah, yeah. Um, that it's like okay, don't offend Christians under uh, at any cost. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, build build ties with the. They always talk about the Ju- Judeo-Christian heritage, mm-hmm. whereas the um, Abrahamic faiths are Judeo-Islamic. 
Christian. Okay. But okay. you'll never hear that kind of a heritage mentioned together because um, Islam doesn't have that same motivation to build alliances with Christianity <coughs> at this particular time as what um, Israel does, you know, because they're not struggling to survive where Israel's struggling to survive and they need, you know, your, the, the support of evangelical Americans and, and so forth to be able to continue on and survive. Well, thank you so much for that. We are going to continue the story of Paul tomorrow, but we have some news. Our quiz has been answered. It's been answered through Instagram by Jake Stevandia from uh, Melbourne, and uh, he indeed got the answer right. He wrote Uncle Mosey, but he means Moses, and indeed the answer to the quiz today is Moses. Took you a while to figure that one out, Lyle. Yeah, well, God. I, I, it was, you know. It was a little bit obscure. So embarrassed. <laughs> so embarrassed. The clues were pretty hard. They were pretty shady. They were hiding behind uh, walls. But yeah, the answer is, uh, is a pretty easy one. And uh, we're going to send you a prize, Jake. Congrats. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. lost but now I'm found was blind but now I see was
Is forgiveness, or the lack of forgiveness, eating away at you? A relationship breakdown, maybe. Long-term hurt, unresolved conflict. You know, it can be dealt with. If you want to break the cycle and start living a more forgiving life, Forgive to Live is a program designed to help us all improve our lives and be more forgiving. Don't let it eat away at you anymore. If you're keen to discover the power of forgiveness, why don't you take that first step and head to forgivetolive.org.au.
Welcome back to Faith FM. You're at the question of the day period. Oh, it's a good question today, Lyle. Mm -hmm. I like this one. I also really like the picture we made on Instagram for it. It's very pretty. Check out our Instagram, by the way, everyone. Uh, Our handle is faithfmlive, all lowercase, one word. And uh, every day we actually put up the the questions of the days that come in. We put them up ahead of time uh, on our Instagram, actually all our uh, socials. And you can have a gander and see what we'll be answering tomorrow. And you can maybe put your two cents in. People actually love chatting about our questions of the day before we answer them. So, yeah. Mm. Oh, there you go. Today's question has come in and it is (coughs) how? How long ago was the world created? It's a great question. Like, could you give us a date, please? Yeah. Yeah, thanks. 6,000 years ago. To the day? So it was, what, July 30th? On this day in... <laughs> On this day 6,000 years ago? <coughs> no, not quite. Okay. So we, the, the, the simple reality is we don't know how long ago it took place. We do know mm-hmm. that it was around 6,000 years ago. Okay. So whether it's a little bit more than 6,000 or it's a little bit less than 6,000 or it was 6,000 on the dot today, we don't know. I can share with you my opinion. And, and by the way, I'll, I'll, I'll explain how we come to that particular um, period. Well, let me, let me start with that. Mm-hmm. Um, this is based on the chronology of uh, James Usher, um, who put his chronology together in 1701. And he created his chronology by simply working through the lifespans and the dates of the um, all the people that are listed in the Bible, giving a genealogy all the way down through until modern times when we have dates that we can confirmly, correctly establish, you know, without any shadow of a doubt. Mm. <coughs> confirmly, yep, got that. Yep, and so he put the uh, the creation of the world at 4004 BC. Okay. Now, in my opinion, and I'll share with you my opinion now. Now, and of course, you know, he he admitted, and everybody else admits that within that dating system, there are gaps. Of course, yeah. There, you know, the Bible is not a hundred percent; doesn't give a hundred percent of the information that we need to be able to give an exact date. But that's the best date that he could give, um, taking you back to Adam. We okay. The the um, my opinion is that we're actually less than six thousand. <coughs> oh really? Yeah, and just it's just an opinion because if you look at the biblical model, the biblical model is um, six days of work and one day of rest. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, the Jewish economy, you would work the land for six years and then you would let the land rest for a year. Mm-hmm. And you find this this system of six and then one of rest is common throughout the Bible, and. Um, and particularly, you know, the Jewish economy and, and, and so forth. Um, <clears throat> and when I look in the Bible, I find that the, you know, after sin is destroyed, we have a thousand years of rest. Mm-hmm. It's called the millennium. Yeah. And so it makes sense to me to have 6,000 years followed by a thousand years of rest. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, does that mean we can put a date on the return of Christ? No, we can't. But as we noted in our. Um, our, Bible, our, our news commentary section this morning where we're talking about earthquakes is very, very clear that Jesus is coming very, very soon. Do you think that's why we don't know the exact date of the world's creation? Because if we did, we would attempt to date it? Oh, yeah, we would date it for date sure. That's the way human beings are. Yeah. It's, just, it's just the nature of human beings. And there's people trying to date the return of Christ all the time now. I have uh, a friend who um, is constantly looking for a new date and he tells me when it will be. You know, the rapture could be on this date or it could be on that date. and. You know, I'm the JW's all into that. Um, they have uh, Jesus came in 1914. Oh, okay. It's already happened. Okay, okay, my bad. Um, and if you're a Jehovah's Witness, give us a call and um, you can maybe correct our information on that. But that's my understanding of uh, of what took place there. 
Okay, so um, other scientists who believe in the principle of uniformity um, will place the age of the Earth at about 4.7 billion years. Well, okay, yeah. So the principle of uniformity is the principle that is spoken of in the Bible that would be used at the end of time to date the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when scientists do this and date it about 4.7 billion years ago, they're actually fulfilling Bible prophecy. So if you go over to um, <coughs> Second Peter, let me find Second Peter here. Uh, where am I heading? Not that way, this way. Where has it gone? It's disappeared out of my Bible. <coughs> Second Peter chapter 3 and... Um, the Bible says in verse 3 Knowing this first that in the last days Scoffers will come walking after their own lusts And saying where is the promise of his coming For since the fathers fell asleep All things continue as they did from the beginning That's the scientific principle of evolution Predicted 2000 years ago Right there We're going to listen to Carly Fletcher With The Captain Because you 
You're listening to Carly Fletcher, the captain here on Faith FM. We have come to the end of our show, the end of the program, the end of the breakfast show. And we have an amazing gift to give away today. Give yes. Me Jesus by Marlita Fong. Yes, it's a wonderful album. It's uh, Marlita Fong with Sonia Kotevsky and Sharissa Fong. And uh, it's a beautiful uh, album, Give Me Jesus, one of our favourites here on Faith FM. And, and uh, I should announce that yes. Sharissa Fong is coming to work in the same office here with us. And we are so excited about that. We're going so to get her on the radio here some, on, on mm-hmm. occasions. <coughs> Whether or not she likes it. No. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Incredibly talented young lady. And so, some of her sermons actually play on Faith FM um, you know, uh, later in the day and stuff as well. So I've, I've often tuned into Faith FM and heard uh, one of Sharissa's uh, sermons being played. So Marlita so. and Sharissa are a, um, sisters. Two, two sisters yep. that... Um, they minister together. So Marlita will do the the, um, the music ministry and Sharissa preaches and, and they're both very talented in their scopes. And they've been doing this since they were like six years old. Yes, practicing when they were like toddlers. They used and, to have play yeah, church at home. Play and, church, yeah. They didn't, they didn't play play kitchen, they played play <laughs> church. <laughs> Marlita would sing and Sharissa would preach and nothing has changed since then. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Still continues to this day. If you would like a copy of this CD, uh, we will send it out to you. Give us a call now, 1-800-FAITH-FM. It's 1-800-324-843. Be the first person to call through. You will get this wonderful prize completely for free. And as always, if you would like to know more about the Bible, don't forget to send your Bible questions through for the question of the day. We'd love to hear what questions are on your mind. Any Bible question we will tackle and we will give our best shot at finding a Bible answer for it. And if you're listening to this and it's not Monday the 30th of July, it's because you're on the delayed broadcast. But hey, it's super easy to switch over to the live show. Just download the TuneIn app or jump on our website, faithfm.com.au. We have loved having you along this morning. Of course, we'll be back tomorrow morning after the 7 o'clock news with more Positively Different Radio. Thanks for joining us. This is Faith FM.